If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. Hi, everybody. I am happy to be here with Brad and Jenny Wilson. Thank you so much for being here. Brad is the house speaker for seven more days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? And then you were resigning to run for Senate. That's correct. Yeah, so. we've got a big endeavor ahead, and uh, uh, that's the game plan. It's very exciting. Well, you're also Kaysville residents, and so I'm just really excited that you agreed to be on the podcast. Thank you both for being here. Of course. Happy to be here. Mostly, I wanted to kind of just give people an opportunity to get to know you guys better. I've, I've gotten to know you better over the last couple of years, and I've loved it. The more I know you, the more I like you. And I want to be able to share that opportunity with everybody else. So can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Like, how'd you meet? Let's start there. Brad and I met at Weber State. He was in Sigma Alpha Epsilon, and I was in Lambda Delta Sigma, and we had a fraternity sorority exchange. Brad hit me with a softball. Oh. Ran me over at second base. (laughs) And five years later, we got married. (laughs) The remarkable thing about that story is I was actually able to hit the softball that far. So, uh, yep. But uh, that's that's where our romance began. That is is a great story. Awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Opposite teams then, I guess, because you were, okay, yes. Well, you guys didn't bring mitts for any of the girls to use. Oh, really? They said you should have your own. Oh, you're kidding. What girl has a mitt in college? (laughs) Just sitting around with her college stuff. But it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) For the record, I don't think I was in charge of bringing all the equipment. But but in in all seriousness, I mean, Jenny and I had a great experience at Weber State. Um, It was a a great education. We had a good time there. And and, uh, that's where we met. And we've got a fondness for that institution for sure. And uh, we've loved living in Kaysville. Um, I'm actually a Kaysville native. I lived here until I was five, just up on Second North. Oh, I didn't know that. In a duplex, it's still there, believe it or not. A little red duplex, just uh, a little above Fifth East. And um, uh, we've now been, and we moved back here. We've been here over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Raised all three of our children here. Uh, Two went to Davis High, one went to Farmington. Uh, And uh, we love Kaysville. I mean, it's it's not just because we have an awesome mayor right now, but we do have an awesome <laughs> well, mayor right now. Thank you. Uh, but it's just the perfect blend of, uh, you know, having access to everything you need, really amazing good people, and, and just being a, a nice, great place to raise a family. It's a great community, isn't it? And we've been so fortunate here in Kaysville to have you in leadership. Oh, thank you. At the state legislature. I mean, honestly, that doesn't happen very often for a little cute little hometown like ours. Yeah. Well, being in the legislature has been a great experience for our family, um, great experience for me. And I've loved representing Kaysville down in the state capitol and Layton and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually lived in Layton growing up after oh. we moved out of Kaysville. But so just you don't get more Kaysville Layton than, right, uh, than the- I am. And, and uh, it is unusual to have both the Speaker of the House and the Senate President basically represent Kaysville. 
True. And uh, True. not something that happens every day. Well, yeah, we've been so fortunate. And it's been so nice to just know that you're available. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about your political experience and your history. I know that you both served in leadership at Weber State. Right? We did. We were both in student government. Brad was in the student senate, uh, senator from the School of Business. Or how many years were? Uh, just two. Two years. two years. And Brad helped run my campaign for really? vice president of the student body when no one ran against me. And really? That's okay. Oh, that's yeah. Fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. That means you're, you're awesome. <laughs> and one of my responsibilities with that is I was president of the Senate, of the oh. student Senate, the year I was um, vice president of the student body. So. Uh, have you guys always been interested in leadership roles and willing to stand up and volunteer for things like that? I think we've always been willing to serve um, in whatever capacity might be needed. You know, I've always helped in my kids' classes and PTA and community council, those types of things. Um, never really envisioned a political really? career past college for either one of us. Yeah, nor did I actually. Really, you really so, didn't? You, know, you weren't thinking, no. okay, going to the Senate, no? No, 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 for sure. And um, I, I do think Jenny and I and a lot of people um, kind of learn this early that that uh, we all have a responsibility to give back in some way. It might be in a leadership role like being the mayor of Kaysville. It might be being a lawmaker. But it's just as important, in my opinion, to be involved in your kid's school or to be um, a soccer coach. True. And we all have this opportunity to give back. Some of us are in roles that are maybe a little more visible, which has its pros and cons. But uh, I really believe that that's part of our journey here, and it's important for everyone to find their way to make a difference. I do too, and I appreciate and I'm grateful for people who are willing to stand up because it's a hard job. You know, sometimes people think that it's just this glorified opportunity to boss everyone around, and it's not at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's not. not at all like that. It is not. And we find that as we as we progress and learn, but it's 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 an opportunity to to like you said to serve. And it's really fantastic that you've been willing to do it. You have three children. Yes. And two are Davis Darts. Yes. And then one is still, no. No, our you, all, oldest all daughter and our youngest right? daughter both went to Davis. Okay. And our son in the middle went to Farmington. Went to Farmington. Oh, okay. So our youngest did a boundary variance and played oh. soccer for Suley. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That is awesome. So you've got a daughter that's married. Yes. And then one on a mission. Yes. Right? How's that been so far for you? Uh Good. It, it's, it's only awesome. been a few weeks. Yes, I know. I don't want to make you emotional. I know how that's... We got to talk with her and see her yesterday. Did you? Oh, good. So that's always fun. And she's happy and working hard and that's good. learning all sorts it. of new lessons and having different experiences than she ever had here in Kaysville. And so she's going to come good. back to a whole new reality. Won't she? Yeah, I one mean. way or the other. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it is really great to see your kids you know, move into something that is out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. where you're watching them grow and watching them also serve and make a difference, whether it's a mission for our church or or other ways. It's, uh, I think it's an important lesson. And I actually, you know, Tammy or Mayor, I, I see that as really part of the culture in our community here. I mean, I yeah. think parents uh, instinctively kind of model that. Um, and uh, we're lucky to have that here. I think it's part of the reason why this is such a great community. I agree. And specifically Davis County. 
I, I think is just such a great community. Now the whole state as a whole is also yeah, wonderful. Sure. I know we talk a lot about the Utah way as you served in the legislature. Um, I would just love to know some of the, the difficult decisions, you know, that you had to make because, well, one in particular, um, when Governor Cox, did he veto a bill that you guys had passed about um, student athletes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of uh, hard decisions that you make. And and I, I will just say this before I talk about it specifically. There is a big difference between disagreeing on an issue mm-hmm. and being disagreeable. Absolutely. And, and so the instance you're talking about, um, I've been Speaker of the House for five years. I think, I'd have to go back and double check this, I think we've only overridden the governor once on a veto. And the legislature passed a bill that uh, said that uh, transgender athletes can't participate in girls' sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually you know, kind of goes to even having our kids play sports. And we didn't think that was right, that we had... Uh, you know, kids that might have a physical advantage right. playing in girls' sports. And so the legislature passed that policy. The governor vetoed it. The legislature disagreed with him, and we overrode his veto. And I was speaker when we did that. Um, and I still remember sitting uh, with Governor Cox uh, after he vetoed the bill, and he told us he was going to do that. And it was not a tense conversation. Um, it was one where he's like, I believe this. Brad, I know you believe this, and President, you know, Speaker mm-hmm. and President, I know you believe this. Do what you need to do, and okay. and um, so we did, and uh, we've moved on. and And I, I would just say this, and this is not related even to what you're asking, but I had my last kind of regular meeting with Governor Cox and President Adams, which we meet on a regular basis. I had it a week ago, and at the end of the meeting, I got kind of wistful, mm. and I looked at them and I said, "I really enjoy working with you guys." Um, but I really am going to miss getting things done because we get things done here. Mm -hmm. And so much of the country doesn't, and Washington (laughs) sure, surely doesn't get things done. Well, it's true. And so many people just go along and to get along or get along to go along or however that's phrased. And, and I, in addition to all the other things I admire about you is the fact that when it really counts and you feel very strongly about it, you're willing to, to disagree nicely and and to stand up and say okay you know that's not what i'm going to do and and you're bold and able to do that and i think that's the kind of leader that i want representing me well thanks someone that that can do that you know i don't know if it's because jenny wouldn't let me get away with it or it's the way i'm wired or both ways but um you know one of the criticisms i get sometimes um as a public official especially in the role i'm in is that i'm not like screaming from the rooftops on issues all the time it does not mean I'm not super, super committed to my convictions and I don't back down on issues, right. but you don't have to uh, make a spectacle of yourself. Absolutely. And um, you actually, in the long term, get a lot more done. If you're very firm in your convictions, you don't back down, but you communicate in a way that is constructive. And that's what I think politics needs more of today. I do too. And constructive and consistent. Yep. You know, I think I really admire politicians, leaders who are consistent, who you can kind of count on to make a decision mm-hmm. based upon all of these things that they've consistently believed. And they don't just change because someone wants them to or, yeah. you know. And, you know, I don't know if Jenny has any thoughts on this, but, um, you know, we when I get home, uh, 
and we talk about issues or that, you know, they're paying attention to what's happening. And I just think I've got to be consistent every day in how I show up because I'm going to go home and my kids are going to know how I behaved. True. And you want to model the right behavior for your kids. That's true. Let's talk about role models. Who, who do you admire? Who are your role models? What are yours, Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> well, you always go back to your parents. Yes, that's um, great. Both of mine, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Um, I love Marjorie Pay Hinckley. I do, too. She is one of my favorites. I do, too. Um, as Brad has endeavored towards this Senate run, the phrase that keeps coming back to me is the day that President Hinckley became prophet, and they were in a press conference, and a reporter turned to Sister Hinckley and said, Sister Hinckley, how do you feel about this? And she said, I keep asking myself, how did a nice girl like me get in a mess like this? <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I, I have thought that on many occasions. <laughs> but she always handled things with just grace and humor. She's really one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I admire her, too. We've got a lot of great role models around here. And, um, you know, I... Uh, when I think about that, my mom um, ended up being in a situation where she had um, her five kids that she was primarily kind of responsible for raising, and and she married my stepdad and ended up, uh, for the most part, for many years raising his five kids as well. We had 10 kids ten in our kids. house, and I watched her do that, never once complaining, working super hard, right. making family the center of our home. and. Uh, you know, those things matter so much more than a lot of the things we get wrapped around the axle on. It's true. And um, uh, so family is, is a great place to look for role models. And of course, we've got political role models and others, but I think it's great to think about family. Well, and as we think about family, since they're so central to our culture here in Utah mm -hmm. and, and should be everywhere, um, I, I guess as you look towards serving in the Senate, do you have any specific goals to support families or are things that maybe you're really going to focus on? Yeah. You know, Mayor, um, this is going to sound like a weird answer to your question, but when I was in college with Jenny, I spent two weeks over in the Soviet Union and it was towards the end of it actually being the Soviet Union. I was in Lithuania, which was the first republic to declare its independence and uh, really started the demise of the Iron Curtain. And I remember being in a house over there that was bugged by the KGB, who we would go out in the morning and people would be in line at the grocery store to get whatever bread and milk the grocery store would have delivered that day. And um, the people were tired and depressed and they couldn't worship the way they wanted to worship. And that was very real um, back then. And I worry, this is going to sound crazy, but I worry that as we continue to see government in our country get bigger and bigger and bigger, that our march towards those kinds of things gets just a tiny bit closer. And if there's anything that I could do for uh, families in our state and our country, it's to keep government out of their lives. Right. Because I've seen what happens when government gets too big and in people's lives. And it's, it's so incremental. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, when we take the role of government and let it supplant the role of parents 
Um, when we see government uh, take more of our resources so it can give those resources out the way they want, it just erodes the American family in a way. And you talked about the Utah way earlier. Mm -hmm. I believe that the Utah way is fundamentally built on personal responsibility, on strong families, on great schools, on small government, and on low taxes. And Great. all of those things support our kids and support having great families. Well, and as as the House Speaker, that's what you guys have focused on. And that's why Utah's such a fantastic place to live. Yeah, that's why everyone wants to live here. <laughs> that's why we've got this great growth problem, because everyone yeah. wants to be here, like you yep. said. And it's true, especially as we look at what's happening right now with with our money. You know, as we go to the grocery store, I usually don't pay a lot of attention to things like gas prices because it's just, I don't know, I, I actually don't fill up my car very often. My husband usually does it. And I have an electric car also that I, that I run around in. Um, but I know that it's a big deal. But I was ordering something online to do an Instacart kind of order, and it was $20. And it was, it was something that was just usually really inexpensive. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh. Everything people are talking about is really true. It's happening. Things are so expensive. So what can we do about that? And, you know, you talked about wanting to limit government. Who fixes that problem for us? How do we fix ourselves? Well, you, you're seeing the growth of these kinds of things, primarily coming from Washington, D.C. It's very different in Utah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we've cut taxes a record amount here, so a lot Utahns spend their money the way they want. That's been our strategy to help Utah families deal with inflation is let's cut their taxes right. so they can keep more. And it's it's been uh, over a billion dollars in the last four years mm -hmm. while I've been speaker. Biggest tax cuts. A billion cuts, dollars. A billion dollars of tax cuts for Utah families. Um, we've also cut taxes for veterans and we've cut taxes for seniors. And we really wanted to help out families. We doubled the dependent exemption uh, for, for uh, young children, for new babies. And all of these things are meant to support families in the, in the face of inflation. Yeah. So that's what the state has done. Um, but what the federal government needs to do is it needs to stop the reckless spending that's caused all this inflation. And it's got to get its spending problem under control. Does that, so you talk about cutting, which means departments, jobs, right? Honestly, sure. that's, that's the biggest, the biggest cost is employment. So which... And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah. are there specific agencies that you would maybe think sure. would be appropriate to cut? Well, I we, think we, yeah, yeah I mean, but. I'll give you an example. When COVID hit um, and Washington was spending more and more money, you know what we did here? We went into a special session. We cut a billion dollars out of our budget in the state of Utah. It's incredible. Um, so we could balance our budget. And our reflex was very different than Washington's. And there's plenty of opportunity um, when you need to, uh, to make cuts and even modest cuts uh, to help balance things out. But there is no appetite for that back in Washington right no. now. And we've got to send people back there that not only understand that, but have experience doing it. True. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that makes my candidacy so different is I'm the only person in the race that actually has done that work before and done it successfully. Right. And it's so easy to talk about what you might do, but yeah. you've done it. That's you've right. got a record to stand behind. That's correct. And that is so impressive. Thank you. I mean, what you've done here in Utah has been 
something that we wish would be modeled all over. And you know, especially as Jenny gosh. and I travel the state together and sometimes I'm just doing it on my own. There's one thing mayor that we have heard over and over again, which is, could you go make Washington DC more like Utah? Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news here is that it's a great place to live. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news is like you said, everybody wants to be here. Um, as you think about your experiences as a business owner, um, one of the th one another thing that really impresses me is that you know it's it's one thing for people to talk about well I worked at a company and I did this for this great company and they talk about the company like they have ownership and it's great and they might have some stock investment so they are technically an owner but it's very different to actually own a company yeah and to be the person who's you know supplementing payroll sometimes from your own grocery money because you have to make payroll and business owners do that and they get that and so what I think makes you even more unique is that you've been on the policy side but you've also been an actual business owner where you're cutting checks from your own accounts and you're making those hard decisions and you're very successful in doing it. You provided jobs, you provided opportunities. So I guess, tell me how that experience will also benefit us as we vote for you. Well, I, uh, I think that in so many ways, the cornerstone of the American economy is being a small business owner. And, um, but it is hard It is, and it's risky. And I remember back after the big, great recession, and we were just trying, we're trying to navigate our company and keep it together. And we were in real estate, which is super volatile. And I remember going home uh, and telling Jenny one day, the only way that we're going to be able to make payroll is if I cash in my IRA. Wow. That's uh, a big discussion. Cash in our savings so we can make payroll for this month. And here's the strategy and plan to pay it back mm -hmm. and to get out of this situation. But the banks were closing, no one was buying our products. Um, we saw you know, our revenue as a company uh, drop by 75% because no one was you know, in the market. And, but we figured it out. And uh, ultimately, I actually paid the IRA back so we didn't have to pay penalties on our tax return. And, and, uh, but I mean, we didn't know for sure that that mm -hmm. was going to happen. Right. And, uh, and there's a lot of different ways to make your mark in the world, mm -hmm. but, um, you are right until you experience that kind of <laughs> gut check. Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's, it's hard and, it but creating hundreds of jobs, mm -hmm. um, is one of the most rewarding things that you can do as a small business owner. Well, it is. And to be able to know that you've left your mark. So as a couple, as you've made difficult decisions, I, I get asked this a lot and I like to ask people a lot, you know, how do you know, how do you know when you're making the right decision, I guess? What's your process for making decisions? Because together you've had a lot of great opportunities, but they've come because you've made great decisions. We have, we've made some big changes. Um, what do you think? I mean, you're a young married couple, like, oh, thinking, should, we, should we start a business? We're not young anymore. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> you both look really young. I think we kind of go with our gut. Okay. Um, I think both of us feel like the easy way is very rarely the right way. For sure. That's true. Very few 
good things have come from taking the easy way out in our lives. Mm-hmm. So we tend to not do that, much to our children's chagrin sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's great, though, that they've been able to see you do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wh- whether it's been to leave a career and start a small business 25 years ago or to sell our business two years ago, that was a hard decision. Um, uh, or to to run for the Senate. Um, these things are things best made together. I mm-hmm. still remember, and I'm sure Jenny remembers this, but before we started our exploratory committee, which is now a full campaign, but in April, we did that uh, on a Thursday. And uh, I remember talking to her on Tuesday in our kitchen and kind of trying to talk her out of this. Um, really? So you were all and, on board? Uh, she, I wouldn't say I was all on board. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she uh, said, you know, I think, I think we should do this. And uh, I think you should do this. Uh, and we, let's do it together. And, and uh, so, you know, the, that's where we ended up. The other thing I'll tell you in this, uh, and I remember this also, when I made the decision to run for the legislature almost 14 years ago, we had a 24 hours to decide, Tammy. I mean, we didn't have much time. It was kind of a rush decision because we got recruited at the last minute. And um, I stopped at the house on the way to a meeting in Salt Lake. And, you know, basically Jenny's response was, well, we're much as given, much as expected. This is something we should think about. Jenny, that gives me chills. Good chills. That's pretty cool. There are times I have regretted that statement. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think we have been very fortunate in some of the things that have happened to us. And the best way that we can help others is by paying that back. And if that is through a life of service, then that is what we do. Wow. That's, that's, that's incredible because there are so many people that have had great lives and don't feel that. And so I just have tons of respect for you that, that do. People have asked me, you know, why would you do this? And why aren't you just on a vacation or something like a lot of our friends? And, and I just feel this obligation. It's not that I think I can fix the world. It's just that you feel like you have something to offer and you, and you follow that. And I think that that's really, really admirable. Thank you. That's neat. As you made your, de- your decision to run for Senate, I know it was prayerful and thoughtful and everything else. What kind of, what helped you make that decision? Was there, was there a moment where you thought, okay, let's, let's do this? Or is there something that you wanted to fix? Or what was it about now? For me, I think, I don't know that we have had a candidate who is as well suited for this as Brad. When we have somebody who really wants to do this, who has wanted this for their entire life, I think that is not somebody who is necessarily going to represent our state and look out for our interests. Um, That is not Brad. This was never part of our game plan. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Um, But his experience at the state legislature and as a speaker of the House puts him in a different category than most candidates. Yeah, it absolutely does. I've had many people say, you know, the, the people that we want to do this are the ones who don't really want to do this. Right. And... I fall in that category. (laughs) This was this. We've never, we've never been in a position where we're doing something that is going to completely change my life Mm -hmm. the way that this This, would change. And I, I like my life. 
Yes. I love being in Kaysville. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we hope that you're still in Kaysville, yes. even though you win. I realize half of the time, or most of the time, you'll not be here. But but um, it kind of comes down to we need good people to step up. Right. And if we aren't willing to make that offer, I can't expect other good people to want to do it as well. Wow. I love that. Well, and that's nice of Jenny to say. I'll, I'll just add uh, that I, before serving as a lawmaker and as the speaker, loved the state. But man, uh, you get to know it in a way that it's just remarkable in the job that I've had. And I've just fallen deeper in love with the state. And this, this election is absolutely not about me. Uh, it is about Utah and representing Utah to Washington, D.C., and having someone back there that, that knows the issues and can go fight for our state and protect our values and make sure that our voice is heard. The U.S. Senate is the great equalizer in American politics. Every state has two senators. Right. It is so important that whoever we have back there has the best interest of this state in mind, understands this state, reflects the state's values, and, and is just deeply committed to its future. And um, I am that. I mean, I, because I care so much about it. And uh, so that's, that's why um, this was not the easy path for us to choose. Right. So we could be doing something <laughs> different and just go back to my business, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, on some days sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I really feel like uh, our state needs to have someone with the level of experience that uh, we've had the experience to create. Well, we're so grateful that you're willing to step up, especially with what's going on now. Every time the news is on, my husband loses his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he is so so upset yeah. over what is happening under President Biden's administration, mm -hmm. as, as am I, mm -hmm. as am I. Um, I focus a little bit more specifically locally, statewide, and, and my husband really focuses on national politics and is really very, very passionate there. Um, what what can be done? I mean, I, I can understand what, you know, we know what has happened, but is there a path forward? It's, it's really disheartening. <laughs> to wonder if you know what it it's going to look like yeah you know um there's a lot on the line mm -hmm. right now a lot and this next election uh is going to determine the future of our country for a decade i think just because of the way the political map looks um in the u.s senate right. even in the house of representatives and um if we expect washington to give us different results and better results we have got to send different people to Washington and not just from Utah, but from other places. And so, you know, it uh, is remarkable to me uh, how many people are paying attention, not just to this Senate race, uh, but to other races across the country. And, uh, but more importantly, I mean, what I actually think that the best way for people to get involved is at a local level and to pay attention to what's going on in their kids' schools, in their town, right. in I their agree. state, have a relationship with their elected officials, know who your state rep is, know who your mayor is, your city council members, because most of the decisions that affect our day-to-day -day lives are made at those levels. They are, it's true. But our lives are so affected by what happens nationally. Yep. And so I'm I'm just grateful that you've, you've got that local experience. And, and 
you know, local is good, and then there's the county, and then there's the state. I really appreciate the fact that you've got the big picture for Utah. Because, like you said, we only get two senators. We want someone out there that understands us, understands our culture, understands the cool, nuancy, weird things about Utah that make us unique and wonderful. And have someone with the actual experience standing up and doing hard things. And so yeah, you definitely have a, a long track record of doing all of those things. As we talk about um, your representation, my husband said, Tammy, ask, make sure you talk about defense. <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay. yeah. So we are a defense contractor. Yep. We're a small business. And one thing that really, you know, years ago, Hill was always on the chopping list of yep. the, um, you know, Brack. we're going to close, yeah, the Brack list. We're going to close Hill and we'd all get really nervous and think, no, no, no. Well, now we've got enough great programs there. We've got their 35s there and we've got some great, um, great, great technology going on at Hill. What will you be doing to represent us on that, on, you know, as far as national defense goes? Yeah. So, to uh, support the base. You know, I grew up in East Layton, actually right under the flight path of F-16s. And uh, uh, my neighbors worked on the base. Um, I spent a lot of time interacting with the base. Um, and uh, I know how important uh, the military is and Hill Air Force Base is not just to Utah, but our country's defense. And there's a lot uh, that needs to be done differently. You know, we, we have, th th the biggest challenge we see right now that's hurting our ability to defend our country is that Congress can't get its act together and pass a budget. Right. <laughs> and so until, job. <laughs> until it's one of, in many ways, it's their only job. Yeah, I was gonna say, right. um, and until that gets fixed, um, we put our country at risk, our national defense and um, our military is, is, is hamstrung in a way that's not right. And, and I, I am a geek. I love the budget. It's how I cut my teeth. It's how I got into a leadership a mm -hmm. role in the Utah legislature. And I look forward to going back to Washington, D.C. and leaning into that problem and trying to get them just a little bit more to follow the way we do budgeting here. As one, as one senator from Utah, can you make a difference? The, I said this earlier, I think, the Senate is the great equalizer. Okay. And uh, I know with certainty uh, that one senator that is cut from the cloth of Utah's conservative values that's going to go back there and not back down, but fight for what we believe in here and try to make the difference that needs to be made can for sure make a difference in this country. There's very few things I'm more certain of than that. That's fantastic. I've enjoyed talking to both of you. Thank you so much for being my guests. I really appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to say as we close? Thanks for having us. We love Kaysville. We love Utah. And we're excited for this next chapter. A little scared, but excited. <laughs> excited. <laughs> the same. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.